Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Now, um, if you remember uh, about a couple months ago, listen, about a couple months ago, I did a series on Jesus the Good Shepherd, right? Now, now those who are in journey, listen to me specifically, you guys, but our whole congregation, listen. Because I'm about to start a series, but this is like the meal before the meal, what I'm about to give you. This is a whole, this is not even, this is a, a meal that before the meal because I'm going to break something down to you that's going to absolutely change the way you think about freedom. Hello? Absolutely change the way you think about freedom. Right? And by the way, a little precursor, a little hint. All of my notes and scriptures are in the app, so you could kind of cheat and know where I'm going. It's all in the app for you. We did it for you. Now, listen to me, listen to me. I started a series uh, two months ago on Jesus the Good Shepherd. Why? Because I needed you to understand the Jesus that is a good shepherd. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a, a guider, right? He's gentle and he's meek. But there's another view of Jesus that we need to embrace. Amen? In order for us to be victorious. And the title of my sub-message today is The Call to Overcome. But it's on the seven letters to the church. The seven letters to the church. I'm going to begin a series of the letters that Jesus had John, the beloved, write. To all the local churches at that time and the principles that apply to that. Now listen, everything that was said to the local churches uh, in that scripture applies in principle to us today. But I'm going to speak on that starting next week. But this week I'm going to start on what is needed before and what was said before repeatedly. Listen, over and over and over and over and over again. Unlike almost any chapter of the Bible, there's just one word that God calls us to. And that's the word overcome. Overcome. It's possible to be in the church and be an overcomer legally and not be an overcomer experientially. Come on, church. Because over and over again, as you're going to see, that there is a two-sided uh, um, meaning to the reality of overcoming. The first side of overcoming is, when, is, is what I call your legal status. What is your legal status? When you get saved, you're automatically overcomer if you repent of your sins and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Why? Because the one that overcame now lives in you. So by legality, you are, are an overcomer. But there's another side of the walking it out portion that you need to apply. It is possible to have legal status and not experience that in your life literally. Hello? So how I'm going to start this is not in the book of Revelation. I'll spend a lot of time in the book of Revelation. But I'm going to start it in 1 John. Why? Because John the Apostle is the one that wrote 1 John. And John the Apostle, by the grace of God, is the one who wrote the book of Revelation through through direct instruction from Jesus himself. Now, guys, I want you to zoom in because I'm going to tell you how many times God is with zeal challenging us to overcome. Overcome what? Listen, overcome what? The compromise and sin. Can I just be very real? Even the secret sins that nobody knows about. God is judging secret sin in this hour. We need to overcome one of the things we need to overcome is not just the sins that, that's, that when you talk in anger to someone, everyone sees it. It's the secret sins and compromises that God is challenging us to overcome, not just so that we can be, get rewards in the millennial kingdom, so that we can live free in this time. Oh, boy. So look at 1 John 5, and then I'm going to spend a lot of time in the book of Revelation. Uh, hallelujah. I feel the, the anointing of Enrique come upon me. No, just joking. Just joking. I love it. First John 5, look at this. Watch this. Everyone who believes, look at me, guys. Look at the scripture. Every, verse 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is a Christ has been, this is foundational, born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that the love, the, the, love, the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. Now this could preach by itself. I love this next verse. For this is the love of God. Are you ready? How many love God? How many love God? Ten of you. How many love God? This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Stop. Don't tell me you love God if you're not keeping his commandments. 
Don't tell me you love God if you are habitually, I'm not talking about just a weakness here or there, habitually choosing, choosing by choice to compromise. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Watch this. And his commandments are not burdensome. In other words, there's no excuse. Watch this. Now here's the key. I want you to say overcome. Oh, say overcome. I'm going I'm to break the definition of that too. For everyone who is born of God, watch this, overcomes the world. There's the legality. There's the justification. What God gave us through justification when we gave our lives to the Lord is not just wash us clean with his blood and, and give us righteousness. He actually provided that we are overcomers. Why? Because the spirit of God came in us. So by title and by name and by nature, you're an overcomer. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you said amen to that. And this is the victory that has overcome, there's that magical word there again, the world, our faith. Our faith is what overcomes the world. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Okay, now look at me. That is foundational in saying that's your legality. John in 1 John is saying, hey, listen, you've overcome the world because Jesus who overcame the world is in you. So by legal right, you are an overcomer. That is an identity issue. Many people don't know that they are overcomers because they don't know who they are. So it's an identity issue. But the second type of overcomer is needed to be walked out and applied individually against all forms of sin and compromise, secret sins, even persecutions, in order to stay right and keep our faith. And a lack, hear me now, in our ability to overcome compromise and secret sins. I'm going to say that again. Our lack, our lack, our ability to overcome compromise and secret sins will lead us to a fast track of bondage and will release the discipline of the Lord over our life lovingly. Because he loves us, when there is not a choice to overcome, there will be consequences for our walk with God. And God gives us time to repent and get it right. Listen to me, listen to me. Because we are overcomers by law, sometimes we abuse the grace of God when it comes to not overcoming in our personal life. We can't keep quoting, I'm more than a conqueror, when you're not conquering things on a regular basis. Listen, listen, the legality is no choice. It's not, it, that, that is unconditional. But the, the walking it out portion of overcoming, it is not conditional. Sorry, it's not unconditional. It is conditional. It is based on your choices. Whoo, glory to God. It's great. Welcome to 2024. Now watch this. A lack of our ability will give us, uh, unleash the discipline of God. And I'm not going to say it because I want to respect it. But guys, open your eyes. In the body of Christ in 2023, at least two major ministries that I know of, two major ministers that I know of have had incredible allegations, real hard allegations that has rocked the body of Christ. And yes, they're allegations, but a lot of them are surfacing to be possibly true. What is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. They're, the lack of overcoming through years has caught up to them. And God, by his love, is disciplining and cleansing his church. This second type of, of, of overcoming is mentioned more times in the book of Revelations than almost any time in the Bible. Now watch this. I'm going to do what I call popcorn uh, 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 things. I'm just going to read it fast. Do you know in the seven church letters that God, I'm going to do it next week, so don't worry about that. That God told John, the Lord Jesus told John to write these seven different churches with different themes. The principles around those things not only can be applied to the, to the church, but watch this. Every single church that Jesus spoke to John to give a message to, all had the challenge, listen to me, and the call to overcome, not by legality, but by experience. He didn't say, you guys are overcomers. He, he who has an ear to hear, don't worry. You are already overcomers. Listen to this. Watch this popcorn here. John, Revelations 2-7. I'm going to be like, like fast. Like just so you know. Revelation 2-7. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelations 2-11. 
He who overcomes. Notice it says he who overcomes, not he who has overcome. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Look at Revelation 2 verse 17. He who, to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone and on the stone the new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. Revelation 2.26. He who overcomes. It's a challenge by God. And keeps my word to the end. That means, it's, again, it's conditional. To him I will give power over the nations. Revelation 3 verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. There's different rewards for overcoming. Specific rewards. Specific from Jesus himself. You say, I don't believe in rewards. Well, I don't know what Bible you're reading then. Because Jesus gives rewards not only in the millennial kingdom and eternity, but in principle here, now. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Revelation 3, verse 12. Is anybody getting the picture here? He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. That's conditional. It's not automatic. Revelation 3, 21. To him who overcomes. Now, this, now, this is a whole other subject right now. This just blew me away when I read this again. This is hard, this, honestly, I'm like, Lord, is it? i got to do more study on this one. He, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And that word my is capital letter. Jesus' throne. What? Wait, wait, wait. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. I still got to chew on that one. What, what we, we, if we overcome, we, we can sit on your throne? I thought that was your throne. There's a special, special breakthrough reward that God is saying. If you overcome, not only will bondage not be with you, not only will you be free, I'm going to give you rewards for all of eternity. And I'm going to give you rewards here. You say, what are the rewards here? Well, are you ready for this? What are the rewards here for overcome? A clean mind. What are your rewards here? The peace of God that passes all understanding. When you overcome, what's the reward here? Living life in victory even though all hell is breaking loose. You have overcome the enemy and the accusations of the enemy. What's the, what's the, maybe you're healed in and, and your emotions if you overcome some deception that the enemy is trying to bring you. Or even persecution. Come on, say, say amen. To he who overcomes requires a choice. Look at the first point here. Because we're not just overcomers by law today. We're going to be overcomers by practice. Come on. Overcoming requires a choice we have to make and a, watch, a spiritual posture we need to embrace. What is a spiritual posture? It's a theological posture that we need to embrace. In other words, I am an overcomer by, by legality because of the blood of Jesus. But I may not yet have overcome experientially. And the second overcoming that Jesus constantly says is to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes. Why is he saying that if we are already overcomers? Because what he's trying to get us out of is not just our legal status, is you walking it out. And you have to have a choice to resist. You have to have the choice to say no. You have to have the choice to stay in the word of God and overcome. Now listen, Jesus is calling the church to overcome, to overcome. And he promises these rewards. Actually, I'll get to into it more, more next week. But Jesus gives um, um, specifics on what to overcome. Now he highlights about six or seven of them. There's a lot more that we need to overcome. But in the book of Revelation where we're going to start next week, he go, you, know, you know what I love about Jesus? He, do, he, do, he doesn't just give you the test. He gives you the answer to the test. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's not just, hey, do your homework. The test is going to be tomorrow. It's 5,000 pages. Doesn't matter. What, what do I study? You have to study the whole Bible. <laughs> no, no. He says, I want to tell you some specific things that I want you, listen, listen, that I'm highlighting to the church that I see a pattern of that I want you to overcome. And if you don't overcome in my love, I will discipline my church. No parent is a good parent if they let their kids do whatever they want. You're a good, loving parent if you discipline them. Listen, listen. He gives us specific things. And I'll, I'll get that more in the weeks to come. But one of them is immorality in the church. By the way, he's talking to the church. Sexual immorality. Wow, in the church? Yeah, that was written over 2,000 years ago. Why is it prevalent today? Sexual hidden immorality. He highlights that. That's one of the conditions that we need to overcome. Could you, what? 
It's almost like, why, why, why is he saying this? Why are we wasting our time talking about sexual immorality in the church? It should be common. But no, he goes, it is prevalent. It is widespread in the church. Over 2,000 years ago, he goes, you need to overcome immorality in your life. Secret immorality. You need to overcome idolatry. He talks about idolatry. Not, not, not just statues. <laughs> not just statues. Your ministry. The gym. The TV. Your sport. I'm going to get in trouble in the next one. Your family. No, no, wait. Love your family, but it can't be first. <laughs> your, the soccer game can't come before your church attendance. I'm, just, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to tell you that we've put idols without even knowing it. Without even knowing it. Well, I can't go to church. Why? Well, because I have six, you know, jobs I have to do. Well, get rid of a couple. <laughs> Honor the Lord. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which, oh boy, I'll talk about that in a second. Not today, though. Number four, he talks about the th specific things to overcome in the church. And I want you to think about, I'm giving you a review. Get, I want you to think about if it's happening in the church or in your life today. Putting works before relationship. He actually warns that that's one of the things we need to overcome. One of the churches that Jesus, I'm not talking about, it's a small little message. This is Jesus himself saying, with passion, tell this particular church that they have left their first love. They're doing ministry before relationship. And I want them to overcome this pattern. Because they're doing good stuff, but they're not pleasing me in this area. Overcoming spiritual dullness. I'll get to that in like week five or six. Week, you know what dull, spiritual dullness is? Having the name that you're alive, but you're dead. You know that you could still love God, be obedient to God, and still be spiritually dull? And in time, that dullness will lead to disobedience. I'm telling you. You'll get bored with God and all of a sudden you won't worship anymore. All of a sudden you won't read your word anymore. But yet by duty you go to church. Yet by duty you kind of say the right things. You know what? It's become mechanical Christianity. And then he warns us to overcome. Now this is just six that he highlights, but there's more. The spirit of Laodicea, which is a lukewarm spirit. You know how many lukewarm Christians we have in America? They don't, they don't even know that they're lukewarm. Some of them do. Some of them don't. They have one foot in the world and one foot with God. And they think that just because they do God's service, they could do it. I, I saw a post the other day. I said, where is the church has gone? Where, again, I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm just going to say it. I don't even know the pastor's name or the bishop's name. He was anointing a baby that, from a same-sex couple in the church. He's anointing, I, I'm thinking, I understand the baby is a baby, but what are we endorsing in this church? What, what are we saying? That's okay. We, want, we don't want to offend anybody. No, the Bible is the Bible. And God made man and woman for holy matrimony. Now, the Greek word, some of you shoe lovers are going to love this. <laughs> the Greek word for overcome. Come on, some theologians. Tell me. Nikeo. N-I-K. It's a Greek word, N-I-K-A-O with an with a, with a accent over the word, Nikaeo, right? Which in the Greek means to conquer, to prevail, to be victorious, V, to, or, to, or to come away with victory. That's what overcoming means. Let me say, so listen, Nikaeo means to conquer. All the words of to overcome is Nikaeo, 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 okay? To conquer, to prevail. Are you conquering? Are you prevailing? Not, not, not just because of spiritual. Are you, in your personal life, are you being victorious over sin? Are you coming away with victory? Watch this. Holding one's faith fast when facing death. That's, that's the part of Nikeo. Staying steadfast over temptations and persecutions. That is the word Nikeo. That means overcome. You know the word Nike in the shoe? If you do your study, they actually got it from the Greek word Nikeo. And listen, it's the check mark, but it's really like a V. Victory. Because they wanted to associate their product with overcoming. Oh, preach that word. That's where they actually came, that got the name Nike. Nikeo. I saw it in a documentary. I'm not just bringing that up. You have to realize that Nikeo has to do with 
being victorious in the midst of whatever circumstance that are illegitimately keeping you hostage at the moment. Nikeo, overcome, means that you are victorious over any circumstances that are currently keeping you hostage. If, you're, if you have something in your life that should not be keeping you hostage and is keeping you hostage, you need to be an overcomer right now in that area. God is calling you in 2024. It's not enough to go to a journey weekend. It's not enough to apply the word. You have to overcome things in your life. You have to overcome this tendency. How long are you going to say it's just a weakness? How long are you going to be rude to your leader? How long are you going to be rude to your spouse? How long are you going to be in that sexual fornication? How long are you going to be addicted to pornography and say it's just a weakness? you got to overcome some things. He's with zeal in his eyes. He who overcomes, he's pleading with the church. I need you to overcome. You're already an overcomer by legality, but you need to nikeo this stuff out of your life. So what we watch this point. What we have legally does not necessarily mean that we are experiencing it personally. Put that slide up. What we have legally does not necessarily mean that we are experiencing it personally. How many know that we have a lot of legal rights to things, but that does not mean you and I are experiencing it personally and literally. That's why we need to focus on the second overcomer that Jesus so many times. He who overcomes shall have this. He who overcomes shall have this. He overcome. Newsflash. If he's constantly telling the church the need to overcome, that means the church is not overcoming. That means he's highlighting things that are strapping the church over and over and over and over again. Experiencing overcoming and being overcoming legally is two different things. Hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. Now, now. You have to start overruling and overcoming the things that have been overruling you. But watch this. This is where it's going to get good. How do we overcome? We're going to say that at the end. So, you know, some of the most popular scriptures in the Bible, we, we quote them all the time, but they're so deep that we're going to break it down today. But one of the main things that is needed for you and I to overcome is a fresh view of Jesus. Not the one-dimensional Jesus. It's the Jesus of the book of Revelation that we need to include in our life to, in order to overcome. I'm going to give you a secret. God gave us Revelations 2 and 3, where we'll get to in the next couple of weeks, where he's talking about the churches to overcome, overcome, overcome. But you know what he says? The answer to overcoming is actually in Revelation 1. By seeing Jesus differently and in his fullness, not in just one-dimensional Jesus. The one-dimensional Jesus is the meek Jesus, the gentle Jesus, the baby in a manger Jesus, the one who heals and delivers. But we have not yet related fully, most of the body of Christ, to the post-resurrection, post-ascension, post-cross Jesus. All we have in the Bible, mostly 90% or 80% of the Bible is us knowing about Jesus. Because we weren't there when he was on the earth. But we spend little time of viewing Jesus after his resurrection. Oh, you're not hearing me. Look at this slide. Look at this slide. Look at this point. In order to overcome in our walking it out part of our lives, we need to have the correct biblical view of Jesus. This includes seeing him after the cross and resurrection and seeing the Jesus of the book of Revelation for ourselves. In order for us to have more complete view of Jesus, we need to see the Jesus of that post-cross, post-resurrection. We have to look at the Jesus that John saw. Because before Jesus gave us these challenges to overcome, he gave us, now why do, why do I say a view of Jesus? Now I'm going to give you the view of Jesus because here's, here's John. John is going, hey, you guys need to overcome. You need to overcome. You need to overcome. But again, he gives us the answer to the test, right? Ver, chapter 1 is the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus. Not only the events to come, it's the revelation of Jesus. Now, now listen to me real quickly. Imagine John the Beloved, the one who's, who, who was probably, arguably, the closest to Jesus on the earth. And he's laying his head on his chest. He already recognizes his voice. He knows what his voice sounds like on the earth. 
He only kind of experienced that Jesus. He was exiled in the Isle of Patmos, and he realized, my God, he is with me. He's a good shepherd. I still remember that moment when I laid my head on Jesus' chest. And, he, and for that point, and, and, I, and I, I say this lovingly, that's all most of, of Christianity or maybe half of Christianity sees is the Jesus that says, uh, uh, come, come lay your head on my chest. It's okay. You can fall many times. I'll forgive you. I'm meek and I'm gentle. Now, I want you to see what, G, what John saw that rocked his world. And it gave him the bulls to say, you need to overcome. Because when you see this Jesus, you'll be convinced that you could overcome anything. Because the Jesus that I'm about to tell you, that, Je- that John saw, is living inside of you by his spirit. The fullness of Jesus, not the one-dimensional side of Jesus. Why does a church only accept the mercy, the goodness, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the God that answers our prayer, and not the righteous judge, and not the glory, and not the fire, and not the power, and the majesty of God that brings the fear of the Lord in our lives. Watch this, watch this. So much so that John the Apostle, I, and I'll prove it to you, at first didn't recognize this Jesus. He had to have a, 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 a right view of Jesus in order for us to overcome. Look at Revelations 1. Okay. Are you getting something this morning? Yeah. Revelations 1. I'm going to start at verse 1 and then we're going to jump at verse 9. You got to hear this. Get your Bibles. Watch this. John gives us, the Lord gives us the answer of how to overcome. It's how you and I see Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I read this scripture. And I took time in the last couple of weeks to say, okay, get, God, I'm going to dive into this. I've never done a series on this in church. I'm going to dive into this. And guys, while I am reading whew, the descriptions of Jesus, there's a slow burning that started coming in my heart. This like, whew, I'm like, this what I'm reading. He lives in me by his spirit. The revelation of Jesus, verse 1, which God gave to him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to the servant, John. Look at verse 9. Jump to verse 9. Listen to me, guys. Now, this is, you have to understand, John at this point only had seen one side of Jesus on earth. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on an account of the word of God. In other words, because he kept preaching the word and the testimony of Jesus. It's not in the scripture, but some historians and theologians say that that, uh, John kept preaching while he was being boiled in oil. And nothing hurt him, so he kept preaching the word of God. (laughs) You need to repent. (laughs) Jesus is coming. (laughs) And they're like, why is this dude not dying? Fine, fine, just, 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 just exile him to the Isle of Patmos. Now, while he's all alone, right, in the Isle of Patmos, I, John, your brother, had partnered in the tribulation, watch this, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned, listen to this, to see the voice that was speaking to me. He didn't recognize that voice. He recognized it very good in, on earth, when Jesus was on earth. And on turning, I saw... Seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed with long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. He had not seen that Jesus yet. The hair of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, watch this, shining in full strength. Like the sun, not just the sun. Like if you're right next to the sun. And that full strength is, I mean, you'll die. Like his face was like the sun in full strength. Now watch this, watch this. When I saw him, I felt at his feet as a dead man. As though I was dead. 
But now watch this. This is when Jesus introduced himself to him. Listen to this closely. But he laid his hand on me saying, now here's the introduction. Fear not, I am the first and the last. Now this is where it clicked, I believe, in John. And the living one, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. John was there at the cross. John experienced the resurrection and post-resurrection. So when Jesus, he's trembling, when Jesus said, hey, I'm the first and the last, I'm the living one. I'm the one who died, and I'm the one who lives forevermore. And I have the keys, come on, to death and Hades. It wasn't until John saw this side of Jesus, the post-cross, post-ascension, post-resurrection Jesus, with fire in his eyes that John gave the Lord's instruction to overcome to all the churches. Do you want to overcome these nagging things? I challenge you to see the Jesus that John saw. Not only nice and meek and gentle, but allow the, listen, listen, I could imagine John talking to some brothers when he's just talking about this encounter. Like we talk to people, hey, how was it? Hey, listen, look, when hell was on earth, man, I tell you what, I just kind of went like this. And he allowed me to do it. And he was so gentle. And he, 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 and he was like uh, limited to certain people's agenda and, and the laws. And, and he had to tie and he had to do all that. But when I spoke to this Jesus... When I, when I heard this Jesus, when I saw this Jesus, which is the same Jesus, it, it knocked a brother out. And I was, listen, y'all, I was dead. I couldn't even recognize. His voice was like many waters. His eyes was like a flame of fire. And out of his mouth, guys, was a two-edged sword. And when I saw his face, it was like the sun shining brighter in full strength. I didn't recognize who that was, but I realized it's the same Jesus all along. Now I see his majesty. Now I see his glory. Now I have the fear of the Lord because I've never seen that Jesus. Jesus, but he's the same Jesus. He's the same Jesus now. Can I just be honest with you? He's more that Jesus now than ever before because he's not on the earth anymore. He's seated on the throne. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys. In order for you to overcome, you got to realize that by his spirit living in you, this Jesus lives in you. What I just described, shining like brighter than the sun, sword coming out the mouth, that Jesus lives inside of you by his spirit. And it's not a suggestion to overcome, it's a command to overcome. With zeal, he's saying, uh, listen, for far too long we've preached this mamsy, pamsy Jesus in the church. This one-dimensional Jesus in the church. That's why we're not overcoming. Because we only see Jesus as the one who forgives all the time, forgives all the time, forgives all the time. And he does. And he's gentle. And he's meek. And he's baby in a manger. He's good. Have you ever seen Jesus like this? Have you ever seen Jesus with fire in his eyes? With a word? I mean, the same Jesus. I guarantee you, you'll overcome anything in life. I guarantee you, you will be an overcomer by practice, not just by principle. I guarantee you, look at this point. If we're going to be overcomers in practice, not just in principle, we are going to have to see the Jesus that John saw. This is not just a meek and mild Jesus. This is Jesus on fire. This is Jesus on fire. This is Jesus with full passion and zeal. Listen, and now he's controlling the agenda. Because before he was kind of subject to some things and he had to go to the cross. Now this Jesus is not subject to anybody. Now he controls the agenda. I want to tell you, and he bought you by the blood. If he is not controlling the agenda in your life, you don't get a right to overcome. Jesus is not interested in overcoming you, giving you overcoming power to people that are uh, afraid or ashamed to be associated with him. If you don't see that Jesus, you won't overcome because you'll only relate to Jesus as someone that you could continue to do whatever you want without any consequences. But I can have some news for you. Can I have some news for you? Look at what is happening in big churches and mega churches right now. I'm not going to say the name. Guys, that alone brings the fear of the Lord in me. I'm like, that could be me. I got to examine myself. 
Every sin that's secret, that's unrepentant, will open the doors for the enemy to be fueled. Listen to me. Listen to me. Unrepentant and undealt sin is gasoline for demons to attach themselves to that addiction. So now you're not just fighting the addiction. You're fighting the open doors of demons being fueled by that addiction. So now you're not just fighting smoking. You're fighting the demonic power that is fueled by your unrepented, unacknowledged sin. Demons have legal access when we don't identify and repent and overcome our sin. And God is so merciful, he'll give us time to repent. But if we don't and we just take advantage of the, the mercy of God, God in his discipline will deal with you. For one purpose, not to embarrass you, although that's sometimes a consequence, is so that you could get back on your knees. And you could go back to that place of reverence that you had 20 years ago. That you could go back to the place of tears streaming down your eyes when no one was watching. And you were reading the word. And now you're not watching Netflix anymore. You were, you were reading the word. You were in the word. And you were praying. But now many years have gone by. And you have a title of a Christian. But you are not on fire. You don't have that zeal for the Lord. You don't have that relationship with the Lord. We need to see Jesus like John saw him so we could overcome. I'm telling you right now, I have the fear of the Lord all over me. I said, Lord, cleanse me from anything that I have done or said. I'm not here for winning people's approval. If they don't like me, that's their business. I don't care. If you don't like me, fine. I want, I'm, I want the fear of the Lord of my life. Oh. God says in Colossians that he, he disarmed principalities. He, he, he just, um, how, how many of you have been in the military or in, in some, um, some, uh, some uh, arts of fighting? Come on, come on, raise your hand. Oh, come on, I need more of you guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, 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 you, right? You, you know what this arm, look, look at Colossians 2. Oh, this is so good. Colossians 2 verse 15. This is what, Je this is what Jesus, that, that we have. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them and triumphing over them. Listen, Webster Dictionary of the word disarm means to deprive, watch this, deprive someone of their ability to attack. Disarm, by Webster Dictionary, is to deprive someone from the ability to attack or defend themselves. To make someone or something harmless. That's what disarm means. So watch this. When God, when, when God disarmed, when he did in the cross, post-resurrection, post-ascension, post-cross Jesus, you know what he did? What he did was, come here, someone, come here, Lou, come here, Lou. Come here, Lou. Come up here. Listen, let's say this is a gun. This is a gun. It had bullets. When he disarmed him, he'll... So, so to overcome means to either do one of two things. Ready? It's either to overpower someone and take the gun, or watch this, or overpower him and take the bullets out. So he thinks he has power, but all he has is empty. The way that the devil deceives you is to think, to make you believe that there's still bullets in the gun. But I'm here to tell you, there's no bullets in the gun anymore. He disarmed the devil. He took the bullets away. He took the gun. He says, you may still have a gun and wave it because that's your intimidation power. The reason why the devil defeats you now is because of deception, not because of there's bullets. Because he's waved. How foolish and embarrassing would it be if you got robbed and the whole time you got robbed you find out later that it was a toy gun. All the devil is doing in your life is waving that spiritual gun saying, I'm going to attack your family. He's done in my, I attack your family. I'm going to attack your health. And I'm going I'm to make sure that you guys bow down to me. But if you realize it, there's no bullets in there. He. <laughs> he turned it on the devil. He disarmed the devil. He took the bullets off of him. This is the overcoming life. This is the overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're afraid, it's because you think he has bullets. And that's how, that's how he deceives you. Listen, the threat may be real. But at the end of the day, oh, I love this. He can't, he can't win. He can't win. 
Because our view of Jesus had to be adjusted in order for us to have that victory. When we shift our view of Jesus, he shifts how we relate to him. How, how, when we shift how we relate to him, he shifts how he relates to us. Not that he loves you less or loves you more. Listen, is that now you see him how, how he really is and not how we want him to be. Many people come to church and view a Jesus that they want to see. But you have to make a shift in how do you view Jesus in order for you to overcome and stay free. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God. You want the fear of the Lord in me? I, I asked the Lord months ago, Lord, increase the fear of the Lord. And nothing happened. Lord, increase the fear of the Lord. Nothing happened. I said, Lord, I'm really serious. I'm really serious. I want the fear of the Lord. <laughs> nothing happened because I was waiting for a feeling of some sobriety to come. It was when I started seeing Jesus this way and started seeing what's happening in the world. God exposing big leaders. I said, oh, boy. Lord. I need to see you with this, that you are an everlasting fire. You're a consuming fire and you see all. And you give us time to repent. But if we don't overcome, this is our choice. Next week you will see the consequences of people not overcoming. And by the way, he was speaking to the churches and he gave them a warning and they didn't listen. One of them he said, I gave her time to repent, but she didn't. She was sleeping with Jezebel. She was being seduced by Jezebel. I gave her time, listen, to repent. But if not, I'll, oh, this, this is the Jesus of post-Jesus. This sounds this sound very, very heretical. I will throw her and her children in the sickbed. There's consequences when we don't overcome. It's time to see Jesus not just as the manger Jesus, but as the one that has the face shining brighter than the sun. I want the worship team to come up here. You guys get ready. For those who are going to get baptized, I want the worship team to get up here. How do we overcome? How do we overcome? What's the classic scripture in Revelation that God gives us to overcome? Now, we quote it all the time. And we quote it in testimonies. We quote it in the, But I'm going to break it down for the last 10 minutes here. Why? Because God, again, gives us the answer to the test. He just didn't say, you got to overcome. You got to overcome. You got to overcome. You overcome. And the normal Christian, if you're like me, you'll be like, that's great. How? Right? Young people, that's what we say. That's great. But I've tried. And I'm not overcoming. How? God gives us three. Now, there's not only three. But God gives us three major ways to overcome. Look at me, everyone. Do you want to overcome the, the, the little sins, the private sins, the compromises that are eating you up? Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. All right. Do you want to overcome them? Jesus gives us three ways to overcome them, not by legal uh, stance, but by practice. Are you ready? Revelation 12. Here it is. And I'm going to break this down for you. And, I'm, and we're going to close. Oh, God, this is so good. Verse 10, are you ready? Who wants to overcome? This is, imagine Jesus standing with fire in his eyes, pleading with you, but also challenging you to overcome those secret areas. Guys, I have a newsflash for you. God, I'm going to talk slow, will not do it for you. Well, I speak in tongues. I go to church. I'm involved. That's great. But that alone is not going to cause you to overcome. There's a choice that has to be fueled by how you view Jesus. I said it's a choice that is fueled by how you see Jesus. And hopefully you see him. Post-resurrection Jesus. Post-cross Jesus. Post-ascension Jesus. That's the Jesus we're dealing with now. <sighs> I heard a loud voice. Read with me. Now salvation, verse 10, and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before day and night has been cast down. Come on, everybody say this with me. One, two, three. And they overcame, there's that magic word. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life to the death. How do you become an overcomer by practice? Apply these three. You can apply other things, but don't let go of these foundational things. As long as you do these things, you're going to start being an overcomer. Number one, look at the first point. Let's break this down. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. The overcomers in that, in that text and even in the last day church 
Understand that the cross and the blood are not merely historical events. They understand, and some of, us, some of them call us crazy for believing this, that there's still power in the blood and it's relevant today. Some of you guys are old-fashioned and I love it. You still plead the blood of Jesus on the door. And you still blood of Jesus on the, on the, on, on the, um, the doorpost or on your children. And, and I say, praise the Lord for that. There's nothing wrong with that. And somebody asked me years ago, they said, Pastor George, can we plead the blood of Jesus even on our unsafe friends or unsafe family members through prayer? I said, yes. They go, how do you know? Now watch this. God gave me this answer like this years ago. I said, do you believe that out of the two or three million Jews, Hebrew people, that went into their homes when the death angel came, that all three million were 100% walking right with God? No, right? But yet the blood was over that house. And even, even unbeliever, unbelieving Jews were like, I'm going to stay in this house up here. I don't know about that. I may not be walking with the Lord, but my grandfather just pleaded some blood on this thing. And all of a sudden you hear cries the next morning. Because the firstborn of all of Egypt died. Can I be honest with you? Just because they were Jews, they were not exempt from that. If they said, I don't really believe in this Moses, I'm just going to go chill out at the courtyard in Egypt. They would have had their firstborn die. So can you plead the blood of Jesus to someone who, in your family by, in prayer, in the, in the secret place of prayer? Absolutely yes. But you won't do it if you just think it's a historical event. There's still power in the blood of Jesus today. If the blood of Jesus is only an historical event and don't make it relevant today, then we will only have use for it in eternity and not in real time. We will never have the use for it in real time. But need, some of you need to know, you know what I overcome? Look at the blood of Jesus. They overcame him by the blood. In other words, they said, his blood, watch this, this is, this is me, oh, I was bought with a price. And that price is his blood. And I no longer, my life is no longer my own. And because he bought me with his blood, and I saw it, and I experienced it, it don't matter what you do to me. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. Number two, how did they overcome? And then we're going to pray. Oh, this is so good. <sighs> they overcame the devil by the word of their testimony. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Say the word of my testimony. Testimony in the Greek means to proclaim, to give eyewitness account. If we are to overcome the pressures and compromise of sin, we need to include testifying about what the Lord has done in our life as a recipe to overcome. You say, wait a minute, that doesn't really make sense. How can my testimony give me power over the devil to overcome? I'll tell you why. Because some of you, you have not said your testimony in years. And the moment you remember, you may be going through hell right now. But the moment you say, you know what, something really happened to me. I'm going through hell right now in my family. I don't see the goodness of God. But a real event happened to me over 30 years ago where Jesus invaded my life and he released me from bondage and sin and now I am free and I remember that freedom guess what you overcome the devil because when you say your testimony not only are other people getting set free you're being reminded of the promises of God that that really happened in your life and it will open up your encouragement once again to believe that God if he did it in the past he could do it again right now you overcome emotionally emotionally when you give, when you start proclaiming what Jesus does, come on, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some of you have not shared your faith, but I'm here to tell you, you overcome the devil by speaking about what God has done in your life. Because many of us have spiritual amnesia and we forget all the things that God took us out of when we don't see something for about a year or two and we see darkness in our family, darkness in our life. We have spiritual amnesia to not remember that one day we were bound by demons and one day we were, we were bound by depression and one day we were suicidal. But one day we surrendered our life to the Lord. When you say that to people, 
they will hear that God and see that God is real. Why? Because they see a living witness of someone that was bound and now is free. Here's the good thing about a testimony. You don't have to know the Greek. You don't have to know the Hebrew. You don't have to know, you don't have to be in seminary school. All you have to say is, once I was lost, now I'm found. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, who saved the wretch like me. publicly protesting nowadays and they're making their testimony vocal they're they're declaring it and they're and they're they're making their their protest vocal and they're then they're they're making their protest about kneeling down in the national anthem and they're they're making their protest about politics very vocal and they're very vocal about things that don't need to deserve your allegiance to but yet you do it oh yes and you talk about it at work and you talk about it with your friends you testify of those things but concerning Jesus who was wounded for your transgressions bruised for your iniquities a chastisement of your, his peace. Your peace was upon him. And by his stripes you're healed. That Jesus you can't relate to and talk about. You could talk about the national anthem kneeling down. You could talk about who's the president. You could talk about all these things. And you are passionate about it. And you get on the streets about it. When's the last time you were that passionate about sharing Jesus to others? They overcame him through the word of their testimony. If you don't have, I told believe, the beginning believers, if you don't have any scripture to hang on, just tell your testimony. Even if it's two minutes. I don't know, I was sitting in jail, and all of a sudden I, I said a prayer, and I felt a weight lift off of me. The person who's hearing that is going to have faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And the third thing, and I'm closing. The third ingredient to overcome the devil is they overcame him, the devil, by not loving their lives even into death. What does that mean? Well, the main reason the church will overcome the fiery darts of the devil in the last days is when our love for Jesus is so deep that it transcends death. It transcends dying. Mm. The ability to overcome the devil was and is directly tied to a deep love relationship with the Lord that says no matter what you do with me I'm pursuing a relationship that's so deep that's so real that's so that's so life changing that you could kill me my brother and I will not be afraid of death because the love that I have for him and that he has for me is so powerful that I don't even as a matter of fact Paul the apostle said to live is Christ to die is gain in other words I really want to be with the Lord right now but it doesn't matter if you kill me I'm good because I'm be with Jesus, but if I'm here, I'm here for your sake. That's what the Bible says. He says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Listen, this is not casual Christianity. Oh, look at this last slide. We will not achieve and experience the reality of overcoming in our lives if we adopt a casual Christianity. If we want to overcome, we must, listen, overcome by not loving our life to the death by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Some of you, God is stirring you up to say, you know what, I need to stop being so defeated and start telling my testimony again. Because your heart's gonna start getting on fire when you start getting your testimony. When you start allowing the blood of Jesus to be real, you'll overcome those things. When you start not loving your life to the death and no matter what persecution happens, that you're still with the Lord, you will overcome. And when you see Jesus with fire in his eyes, and listen, and his face shining bright in the sun, when you see that Jesus and the fear of the Lord hits you, I guarantee you, you will overcome anything in your life. Come on, someone stand up. Someone stand up. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.